Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson with you. The Jazz victorious tonight, 100-95. to Post Game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Ben, maybe not how we expected game number one to go, but there's a lot of good things to talk about tonight in the post game. Uh, really funny that you know this this team changes so dramatically in the offseason and all the new faces and the Jazz win a game 100 to 95 and that's what the Jazz did all year last year at least they did it 50 times I mean that is what Quinn Snyder teams do that's the pace they play at and even though you didn't get a great night from Mike Conley the Jazz found enough offense elsewhere namely Donovan Mitchell who was absolutely brilliant tonight and the Jazz get a win and they were down six going into the fourth quarter that's that's not an easy game to win with guys who have never closed a game before together certainly not a game that's mattered well and Donovan was so clutch tonight. I mean, he was special. 32 points, 12 rebounds, career high for Donovan, three assists. But here, here's the thing, Ben. Uh, well, hold that thought. Let's go down to the podium now. Coach Snyder addressing the media. And contributions. Some some of the, you know, George Yang comes in and plays three minutes. And it's three really good minutes. Um, Boyan comes out and, you know, him fighting through that ankle and giving us you know, some big buckets. And Emmanuel with, with Mike in foul trouble. Um, again, another guy that just came through for us. Donovan obviously was able to to create and put pressure on the rim. And I thought Rudy also, you know, Rudy gave himself up a large portion of the game and defended like we know he's capable of doing. So I think it's just a very, very good win for this group. In addition to 32 points, Donovan had 12 rebounds, seven in the fourth quarter. How how critical was that to his success on offense, just crashing the boards like that? Well, I think he, he's, you know, since since he got back from the summer um, and really last spring, uh, the defense has been something that, that he's really um, both taken personally and, and emphasized and competed. And I think that... The, the rebounds, you know, a couple of them were offensive, obviously, that were just, you know, that, those were the gutsy plays. But um, I thought on the defensive glass, too, he's, his, his help side defense and his rotations, you know, he's, he's much improved right now defensively because he's really he's demanding it of himself and, uh, and he's competing. You said in the shoot-around you didn't want to judge the team too much by the final number of points mm-hmm. allowed because that can be misleading if guys missing open shots. No, I said on everything, yeah. not just defense. No, 95 is <laughs> a good number, but what did you think of the defense aside from just the number? Um, you know, I, I always like to watch the tape, you know, because it, it just shows certain things. But the feeling I that I had during the game was the transition defense in the first half was not good, um, and they got to the rim. Um, some of that was, you know, they had numbers, but I thought the second half, um, particularly the fourth quarter, you know, we made it harder for them. And, you know, I, I, we were, Rudy was really good at the rim when we could get set. He made everything hard. Julie. What did you see as the differences in Boyan's play um, tonight, especially at the beginning versus uh, in the preseason games? And also, kind of what were your thoughts when he went down? Well, I was. You know, sick to my stomach when he when he went down. But he, you know, he he's been playing this game a long time, and he's played in so many big games. And 
Um, he's a clutch player. He's a confident player, and you know that's you know those are, those are some of the things that, that you know we liked about him. Um, he, he's also just a, he's a he's a competitor. He's a tremendous competitor. So to me, as as significant as some of the the buckets that he got, you know, in the second half, which were big buckets, was the fact that you know he came out ready to go in the third quarter, and, and obviously he wasn't. 100%, and uh, you know that's that's a competitor. So whatever, whether he makes or misses, you know it's same thing with Mike. You know, I, I, Mike obviously didn't have a typical shooting night, and but he found a way to impact the game defensively. And you know, for our group, just understanding that, that the importance of that, um, you know, I think is good. Quinn. What did you see from Emmanuel Moutier tonight, and I guess how does that reflect the work you've been doing with him uh, since you've signed him? Well, he he he's been doing the work, you know, and and you know our, our whole staff, um, you know, has, has dug in on him, and uh, Brian Bailey, Jeff Watkinson, um, it, it's it's I told him, I think it was yesterday, that he's you know he had. The, the little injury and he couldn't play for about a week right when he was kind of finding his way and you know it was a setback but just a microcosm of what you know I think he's committed to is that there's going to be setbacks there's going to be difficult moments and you know he pushed through and you could tell he, he'll there's other you know he'll continue to get better but um, we had guys compete that that to me and Emmanuel competed, and he defended. He tried to do everything um, that we're asking him to do, and that's, I mean, frankly, that's all that I would ask of him. So it was, it was good to see him have, um, be rewarded for, I think, the mindset that he's cultivating. Next question. Down six going to the fourth quarter, and you win that final quarter, 32-21. What changed there to, to win the game? Well, I think there's times in every game where it's not about, you know, a coverage or a play. Um, you know, it's collectively about guys, you know, being determined. And I thought we were persistent. You know, we were just persistent every possession um, and tried to work. And, you know, we got we got better guarding certain things as the game went on. Um and that, that's a credit to our guys just competing and, and doing it collectively. We got more connected. Okay. That was Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder after the Jazz beat the Thunder tonight in game one of the NBA season 195. We'll talk about what coach had to say coming up right around the corner. With that, we'll say goodnight to our network uh, stations. Next broadcast coming your way on Friday night. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll continue to break this one down. Coming up next, Jake Scott, Ben Anderson with you. The final Jazz 100-95 over the Oklahoma City Thunder right here on the Jazz Radio Network. This has been Utah Jazz Basketball on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Utah Jazz Basketball is brought to you in part by Larry H. Miller Lexus and Murray. And Lexus of Linden. By Zions Bank. For a noteworthy approach to banking, Zions Bank is for you. By KUTV2 News. A proud partner of the Utah Jazz. For the best way to plan your day, watch 2 News this morning. And by your Utah Toyota dealers. For all the latest jazz interviews, insights, and breaking news, go to 1280thezone.com and utahjazz.com. Ow!
This is Utah Jazz Basketball on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. That'll do it. The game may be over, but our coverage of Utah Jazz Basketball is just beginning. That kid is on fire on catch-and-shoot threes right now. This is Utah Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Dante drives in and out and bounces to Gobert, and he rocks the pass Presented by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Now, it's time for a complete wrap of tonight's Utah Jazz game on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson of KSL Sports with you. The Jazz beat Oklahoma City tonight 100-95. to And every time the Jazz win, you win. The day after every Jazz win, home or away, Little Caesars is giving you a free pizza. Order one custom round multi-topping pizza through the Little Caesars app, and you will receive a free large extra most bestest pepperoni pizza using the promo code UTAHJAZZ. Valid at all participating Utah Little Caesars locations. Mobile orders only. And uh, Ben, you've got a you've got a young family, a couple of young kids. I think you need to uh, take advantage of oh, a little man. Little Caesars this year. Uh, trust me, I'm very familiar with how to uh, make that pizza go a long way. I've got some in my fridge right now, and it's great. Yeah, with a seven year old and a three year old. Dude, I'm I'm not kidding. I I do now and have always loved Little Caesars pizza. I'm with you. Uh, you, you you grow up with it. It, yep. it tastes like nostalgia. It's just Absolutely. incredible. And it's going to be a part of my kid's childhood as well. And in this case, it's free, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, Can't beat that. <laughs> uh, let's take a look at your uh, sharp stats of the game brought to you by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. Ben, the Jazz shot 44.4% tonight, 40 of 90 from the field. We talked uh, to Locke a little bit about this. Uh, attempts down on the three-pointer tonight, 6 of 24, 25% Jazz led by Donovan Mitchell with 32 points and 12 boards. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, 16 points. Uh, Royce O'Neal with a very nice game tonight with 14 points, a perfect 6 of 6 from the field. Uh, Rudy Gobert, 7 points, 14 rebounds to go along with a block shot tonight. So there's your sharp stats of the game. Two things I want to uh, touch on there. Boyan Bogdanovich and the three-point numbers being down for the Jazz over the game with a 24 overall is how many they attempted. Attempted, right. Mm -hmm. So Boyan Bogdanovich didn't take a three in the first quarter. And you remember the preseason, his first shot every game was a deep three, and he wasn't finding his rhythm. He had three layups in the first quarter. He clearly wanted to get that offense going, and that was something I was watching for. How did the Jazz get Boyan's shot going in? And, you know, the old adage is either you got to see a free throw go in or a layup. And once the ball goes in the hoop, everything gets easier. And I thought that's exactly what the Jazz did, where Boyan had open shots early in the game at, from three, and he passed him up to get to the layup. And in and, and those situations, if he's looking for his rhythm, I'm okay with the Jazz uh, passing up open looks to, to get those threes. And then Donovan Mitchell was just continuously trying to play the role of point guard. I mean, he was trying to be the distributor tonight early in the game. And then, what, midway through the second quarter, he realized, okay, we're, we're dragging our feet a little Now's bit. Now's the time. Now it's time to be full Donovan. And boy, was he good tonight. But I think, and we were getting to this a little bit in the previous segment, I, I think that's where they're really going to need him is when he decides it's time, all right, I need to take over and, and uh, figure out a way to win this for my team. All right, let's go down to Tony Park standing by in the locker room with Royce O'Neal, Tony. Just out, get steals, deflection, and stuff like that. Well, so I was talking to Donovan, and he was calling you out, kind of giving you a hard time about the height thing. He said yeah. he, you're you're two inches shorter as well, but it's still not affecting anything. <laughs> nah, I mean I think I'm still six six. I was measured, but you know I take whatever height it is. You know, but you know Donovan's still shorter than me. He's six one, so. 
but he had that awesome dunk too. Yeah, so we'll give him that. Regular season action to have clutch moments late in the game. You feel that your team was able to rise, you know, with big plays and the biggest moments. What are the things that that does for a team early in the season? Uh, it just shows how composed we are. You know, everybody knows it's a long game. Uh, teams go on runs, so we just got to stick with each other. You know, no matter what, you know, just play to the end. With Mike, the shot wasn't falling tonight. He was one out of 16, but it seemed like he still found other ways to contribute and help this team win. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, told Mike. No matter how many times you shoot and miss, we're going to keep getting the ball so he can shoot. But, you know, just the way he impacts the game, offensively and defensively, helps it out. And in his communication, leadership is a big for us. How's the finger? Was it on a ball? Was it on – how did that happen late in the second? Uh, not a finger's good, you know. I still play through it, so. Were you worried about that heading into the locker room and, and pleased uh, to know that everything was all right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. What do you think about, speaking of that, just bogey going out with that ankle injury? and gets back out onto the floor. And this is really the first time that an official game for him as yeah. a Jazz man. Uh, I mean, it just shows his toughness. You know, you know, he's willing to win and do whatever he got to do for us to compete. And he's a tough guy, so you know, we're going to get him right. The guys talked about it, a shoot-around, competitive mindset and unselfishness. Do you get the sense that all the guys on this team have the same definition of those two things? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, nobody cares who's scoring the ball. You know, nobody cares what's going on. We're just going to keep playing as a team to the end. Guys, that's Royce O'Neal. Let's go back to you. Thank you very much there, Tony. Royce O'Neal tonight was absolutely terrific in a starting role. Ben, 6 of 6 from the field, 2 of 2 from 3. He had 14 points to go along with 5 rebounds. And we were talking about Boyan before. Uh, well, we'll get to this again. Let's go back to the locker room where Mike Conley is standing by with Tony. A lot of shots out, you know, in the paint. They all felt good, but they were short. So I was, you know, might have been too excited for the first game or something. But um, if I'm a betting man, I've... I probably won't do that again. So. And, and then conversely, what was your mentality as you stepped to the line for those uh, two big free throws late? Uh, well, I'm a I'm a big believer in just getting the rhythm, and you know, I want that to carry over to the next game. You know, I wanted to get to the free throw line somehow and um, knock down knock down a couple, and um, you know, hear the crowd, you know, still standing on their feet and, and cheering for us was was big. So you know, I'm a confidence guy. I'm still confident and. I'm um, looking forward to the next one. Quinn pointed out that you were able to make an impact <coughs> on the defensive end. What, what did you kind of read from their offense that allowed you to, to have an impact on that side of the floor? Uh, you know, well, they, they do a good job of penetrating and getting to the paint, you know, with those three guards out there. And, um, you know, my job then just became trying to, to, you know, get into Chris Paul's legs, just make it a tough night for him, be physical. and. Um, same with Shea and, and, and the rest of the guys. So, um, you know, I didn't want to just be out there missing shots. I wanted to be out there helping the team as best I can. And, and I just tried to try to be that for the team tonight. What did you think of Emmanuel's performance tonight? Uh, Easy E was good tonight, man. He, he was really good. You know, that's, that's what we talked about a lot in preseason was him just trying to get downhill. He's a big body guard and can finish over big guys, can finish over little guys. And um, we need that from him. You know, when he comes in the game, um, you know, he's got to be aggressive. He's got to be, you know, looking to, to make plays. And, um, and I think he did a great job. You've talked about how this offense can be conducive to helping a point guard kind of find the rhythm and, and find what you need to do early and often. What is it about this offense that has helped you guys uh, kind of have production in seeing the floor the right way and making it? Well, I think, you know, number one, it's, it's, it's really a lot, of, a lot of misdirection, a lot of, you know, uh, 
detailed, you know, things in the plays, and um, it's all reads, really. And, and once you learn all the reads um, and you get more familiar with it, you feel more comfortable when you get out there. And, and tonight, like, we got a lot of great looks. You know, we got a lot of great looks, and, and to still win the game um, was awesome. So I think it's something that, that we can build on. You know, I think our defense was better. That's what we cared about more than anything. So um, offensively, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll click. What was the key defensively as a group to getting control of this game there in that fourth quarter? Um, well, I thought, you know, just handling the pick and roll, especially with Chris and, and, and Gallinari in it, uh, I thought we did a good job adjusting and switching and um, knowing when to switch, knowing, you know, just communicating. Um, and guys were just competing. You know, guys were competing, trying to win the game. And, you know, we knew it wasn't pretty, but, you know, we got to find a way to win, just do whatever it takes. What's it like being in this building as a member of the home team? And just how different is that? That's awesome. It's awesome. Like, those last two free throws, just, you know, <laughs> That, that summed up my night, you know, for everything. And, and I'm going to go home a happy man. Guys, that's Mike Conley. Let's go back to you. Thank you very much, Tony. Uh, Mike Conley certainly struggled from the floor tonight. Been one of 16 for five points. But Quinn Snyder said something in his uh, post-game press conference where he said Mike struggled, but he still managed to impact the game defensively. And you could tell that really impressed his coach. Uh, and that's something that, that he has to find a way to do. And again, and he said it, he, he doesn't think he's going to shoot one of 16 again. I mean, that's an, th- there might not be another one of 16 game in the NBA this year. <laughs> that's how unusual it is for A, a guy to get that long of a leash when he's shooting that poorly and uh, be for just, I mean, the odds are the, the ball's going to go in, and he got good looks. I mean, he's not shooting crazy contested three-point shots. He, he's getting into the paint. He's throwing up little runners, and that, that runner's a tough shot, but it's something he's hit consistently throughout his career. So, good to see Mike Conley out there and, and have a little humility, and, and you saw him on the free throws late in the game when he sealed the game with a couple of seconds left. He threw his hands up in the air, like, let's hear it for me to finally put some shots down, and, and good for Mike Conley to get that, that victory. This is not one of those situations. I remember a few years ago, Trey Burke went something like one of 20 for an entire game and it just it was one of the all-time worst NBA shooting performances but in this case you know it's Mike Conley somebody with a really established track record and on top of that he was going against Chris Paul and Chris Paul is still a a pesky defender and always has been and where he has Chris Paul has trouble is when he's outsized and and that's not the case with Mike Conley I mean that's a tough matchup and Chris Paul again we're we're gonna look down on Chris Paul because of his contract but he's still a good basketball player he's just not worth 120 million dollars over the next three years, so that it that's skews the problem. it a little bit. Yeah, it, it skews it. But uh, you heard uh, you heard Tony down there asking about Emmanuel Moutier and his performance and what they saw. First of all, I like the nickname for him, Easy E for Emmanuel Moutier from uh, from that's Mike Godley. There, I'll take that. But uh, it, with Donovan. The true measurement coming out, and he's just six foot one, and Mike Conley's measurement coming out, and he's just six feet tall. The Jazz needed a bigger body guard, and Emmanuel Moutier was clearly what the Jazz targeted to go and get that big body. And, and this is, I mean, this is as good as I've ever seen him play. And it's coming off the bench. He's not getting a ton of minutes, but all he's doing is getting shots at the paint and getting shots at the rim. And his big body, if he can do that and just slam into people, he's absolutely incredible. 54% from the floor, 11 shots, took one three, only took two mid-range shots and made one of them. That's a really good night from Emmanuel Moutier. If he's the type of dude that can come in off the bench and light up backup point guards or backup small guards and, and just feast, 
Um, that that's such a huge, huge role. I think that's the role a lot of people were hoping for with Dante Exum this year, and and maybe that can still be the case when when Dante gets himself back and and uh, and healthy. But if if Moutier can do it, I mean that's just. I mean, that could be such a big-time role because the bench, Ben, it, we were wondering if it was going to have some fire, enough firepower. I mean, that's the reason why I, I'm such in favor of, of – or so in favor, excuse me, of Joe Ingles coming off the bench is because they need, they need playmakers. They need scores. They need a little firepower. And if Moutier could do that, that's a huge deal for the bench. If you have a guy who every night can give you – consistently 12 to 15 points and it can rotate who the guy is but if you can have one guy off the bench come in and give you double digits and be a true six man whether that's Jeff Green one night Amudier one night Ingles one night and again tonight it was Moutier the Jazz are going to be tough to beat because that offense or that second unit's going to have enough offense to score points in addition to 12 points Moutier had tonight Five assists. Very nice. That's a really good game. I mean, that would be a strong starting game for yep. for a lot of teams. Twelve points, five assists is, is a good game, especially in twenty three minutes. So nice to see Emmanuel Moutier step up and 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 give the Jazz something they've needed. One hundred and ninety five is your final. We'll continue to break this one down. Coming up next, we'll get you more sound from the locker room as well. It's your Jazz game night post game show. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson, with you right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson with you. The Jazz beat Oklahoma City in Game 1 of the NBA regular season, 100-95. to Let's take a look at your points in the paint. Brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA or visit certapro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting, you do life. Ben, tonight the Jazz smashed Oklahoma City in the paint, 58 58- to 34 and we talked about it a little bit with Locke guys especially Donovan Mitchell really getting to the paint and finishing yeah I'm looking at the uh, NBA.com shot chart again 16 shots uh, in the restricted area for the Thunder and to give you some reference on on how few that is Donovan Mitchell by himself had 11 shots (laughs) so the Thunder had 16 overall Donovan Mitchell had uh, 11 Donovan Mitchell made seven at the rim the Thunder only made six in the restricted area, Donovan Mitchell by himself outscored the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder in the restricted area. That's a that, that's a great performance from two people, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Yeah. And that's where Rudy Gobert is just, he's so incredible. Yes, it shows up on that stat line, but you wouldn't see it from just reading a raw box score. He just he just absolutely changes the game with his length. Well, and you combine that with, uh, with a stat that uh, you threw out with Locke, that they only had four corner threes. And, you know, it's impossible to break down Quinn Snyder's defense into just a few key points. But if you want to try taking away shots yeah. at the rim and taking away corner threes that's a big part of what they do yeah I mean if you th- if you just break down the floor uh, you know the NBA floor lengthwise that's what 10 feet from the baseline out and the Jazz just don't let you get shots off there hmm. the farther you are away from the rim the harder it is to score points I mean that's just that's pretty basic but that is the idea of Quinn Snyder's offense and, and he puts you in tough spots to where they were strangely hot the Thunder hit some big shots including a weird Chris Paul three at the end of a shot clock that was almost at half court and, and they made nine of 23 shots from the break uh, otherwise they struggled let's go back down to the locker room Tony standing by with Rudy Gobert what's really the difference for the team in the fourth quarter on the defense I think we we had a great defensive first quarter too and second actually the third wasn't great uh, we made a few mistakes, but uh, we got back at, in the fourth, and uh, we knew that if we wanted to win this game, we, we had to, to guard, guard people, and we did. Was it defensively when you guys got control of this thing? What were the little things that made that different? Uh, everything, you know, running back in transition, uh, rebound, 
communication and then just just play defense and compete and uh I think we did a we did a great job you know they, this is a very I think talented team and uh, aggressive team and we we were able to keep them under 100 you said with the preseason numbers it felt weird to have the defense be like that this feel more like uh, you expect it to be yeah <laughs> no yeah definitely we we knew that like i said we rather have that in the preseason than early in the season and uh, it's just one game but you know we, we work hard the whole week and uh, we're going to continue to to work hard and you know we're going to bring it every night there's a lot of guys who have put in that work that you're talking about that most jazz fans have not seen in a regular season situation emmanuel moutier tonight really seemed to show that he's taken very seriously the coaching that's happened and being a part of this organization definitely and he's, he's a big part of what we do and tonight he you know, he, he had some great minutes off the bench, and we need that. You know, we need to be a 48-minute team, and, you know, I think that's what we're going to be. You guys only allow them to score 34 points in the paint tonight. That's obviously very different than what the preseason was like. Was that was that you guys? Was that, was that sorry, was that you? Was that the perimeter? I mean, kind of, how did, how did that improve? Everything, uh, besides Joe. <laughs> all the guys did great. <laughs> but uh, no, definitely uh, it was everyone. You know, we just on mindset. I think we 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 had more urgency from the beginning. We we had a few mistakes, but there was only short times. You know, we cut them short. So it's gonna happen here and there. But we run back in transition. We we got hits on the on the boards, uh, and uh, we are good. We are disciplined. We fouled a lot, but I think uh, some of them. Could have been not foul, but you know we we gotta keep getting better at it, showing our hands and and being vertical. But good good defensive game. What is it like to have you uh, next to Bogey and and Royce as kind of the other defensive forwards um, in in that lineup? I mean, everyone. The, the good thing is everyone is is competing. You know, uh, I mean, obviously Royce is a very good defender. Bogey, I think, can get multiple positions too, and. Uh, when everyone is competing and, and, and focused on what we have to do and on on the game plan, you know, I think uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of those nights and even better nights defensively. Mike said that he's had to change other good habits that he had in Memphis and learn other new good habits here in Utah. How do you feel like he's been coming along with that and and the communication between you two? I feel like it's it's been better and better every day and every game. You know, it's like I said many times, it's not easy for when you had the same habits for 12 years, you know, to to change in in a week, in a few weeks. So, you know, it's it's taking time, but, you know, he's a smart, smart player and he's able to to adapt pretty quick and like I said every game has been better defensively all right guys that's Rudy Gobert let's go back to you thank you very much Tony and uh, Ben Rudy uh, tonight 14 rebounds seven points he did have a block shot he was three of six uh, from the field but uh, by the way gotta gotta give Andy Larson a a shout out asking about points in the paint he must be listening to the show thanks Andy we we appreciate that uh, look at the other side look at at what Steven Adams did in this game one of eight yeah it's only the second time of his career he's taken at least eight shots and made only one he went uh, one of nine a few years back so I mean that's Rudy Gobert dominating not not only the the rest of the team defensively as we mentioned that so few shots in the paint but Steven Adams himself he just absolutely shut him down and I think part of the reason Rudy made 
maybe didn't have the scoring night uh, folks were expecting. You know, when uh, when Locke speaks, I try to listen because he usually knows what he's talking yeah. about. And he told us in the in the pregame how they're using Stephen Adams differently, where they're dropping him back to the rim, and I think that did have an effect on Rudy scoring the ball. All right, let's go back to the locker room where Tony's hanging out with Boyan Bogdanovich. I mean, I stepped on a, on a foot. I, I don't even know who was there. I think Gallinari or some other other player from from OKC. I thought in the first moment that it's it's gonna be it's gonna be even worse. I was mad because of second quarter of, of home opener. So get to locker and try to try to move around to stay to stay warm. And then I I said to to medical staff that I will that I will I will try to to play the first couple of minutes to see how it is and then. With this great, great atmosphere that we have today, it's kind of getting me into and I didn't want to, I wanted to stay actually to play the whole game. What, at what point did you feel like, okay, now I can trust it, it's where it needs to be? I think first couple of minutes I, I just try, I tried to run up and down and, and not attack so much because I didn't know how I'm going to, how I'm going to feel if I go all the way into the, to the basket and then... Uh, then I spent two, three minutes running up and down, and then uh, I try to I try to attack and see how is my ankle. Fortunately, I missed first couple of shots, but like I say, the great great atmosphere got me into the game, and I, I wanted to stay. So you felt like it was adrenaline that really helped with that pump from the crowd. If I'm, uh, if I'm I think so, I think so, and also it's it's, it's home opener. Maybe it was it, this happened like in game six or seven. I I might I might stay in the locker room. So. Another. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of sore. I will see tomorrow morning how MRI is gonna gonna go, and then I will go from there. You looked really aggressive out there. How would you describe your comfort level to start this game in the offense? Great. I mean, started the game pretty well. Whole team responded. Responded great. We played great defense first first quarter. So we were we were all over the all over the floor, and and, and like I said, second quarter they they hurt us a little bit on a, on a defensive glass. We needed to to help more our our bigs, but. Uh, it's not going to be pretty always, but the most important that, that we get is W. Quinn praised your clutch performances. You made a few baskets there in the early fourth quarter that really kind of turned the game, I think. Um, well, kind of talk to us about your clutch performance. How do you feel in that fourth I mean, I don't know how clutch I was. I missed the wide open tree. That 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 would be that would be clutch. But like I say, I just I just try to stay stay aggressive to see how my foot's gonna gonna respond. And and thanks God, at the end we get this W. That's most important. Like I said, offensively, you feel like things are set up in a way where the job can be simplified to get you what you need or to get the offense what it needs. I think that. All of us, all of us are pretty unselfish players. So we we moved the ball pretty well. Once again, we didn't shoot. We didn't shoot well from a, from a tree, and that's that's also great when we are not shooting shooting well. That we are we are getting getting Ws. This is the first game you've had a chance regular season to be on the floor with Donovan Mitchell. Uh, what was the experience like watching him with clutch moments, big baskets to put the game away, big rebounds, and, and just being all over the floor the way he was? Listen, he's he's all star. I hope that he gonna he gonna make it this season. He's he's our our leader, one of the best one of the best players, backcourt players in a, in a league. So I hope that he gonna lead us for to great rings this this season. Guys, that's Boyan Bogdanovich. Let's go back to you. 
Thank you very much, uh, Tony. And uh, Boyan had a, a very nice game, as we talked about. Ben with 16 points, uh, got to go in early, but showed a lot of toughness. And we were just talking a little bit off the air. It's it's tough that it's interesting that he was the one who turned an ankle tonight because he's been an Iron Man throughout his NBA career. Yeah, played 81 games last year, 80 the uh, the year before that. I want to say he played. Looks like 81 the season before that, and I think the only game he missed was because he got traded from Washington to Brooklyn. So, you know, he only misses games when he's being held out on purpose. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess we should have expected him to come back before that. The fewest games he's ever played in a season is 78 of 82. So, wow. yeah, an Ironman. Uh, so when he went down with that ankle injury, as scary as that was, I guess we probably should have uh, given him the benefit of the doubt that he was going to come back and play. And he did. And he looked, you know, he didn't have as good a second half as he did first half. But good to have him back out there. The yeah. Jazz needed him. He made plays and he played defense like, uh, like he was talking about there. Let's take a look at your assist feature real quick proudly sponsored by larry h miller dealerships throughout the utah jazz season larry h miller dealerships is donating 50 dollars for each assist to the larry h miller charities we are driven by you the jazz tonight assist numbers they had 15 assists emmanuel moutier had five mike conley had five donovan mitchell had three and from there joe had one jeff green had one and that was that was it for the Jazz and uh, assist tonight. Yeah, I think the assist numbers are going to be a little bit all over the board depending on who they're playing. Well, he had a lot of missed shots tonight, too. I mean, there Correct. was a, there was a, a lot of opportunities for shots to go down that, uh, or for assists to be made when the shots just didn't go down, especially on a three-point shooting again. The Jazz just 25%. Mike Conley 0 of 6 on a lot of good looks. Those weren't uh, dribbling into three-point shots. Those were a lot of... Uh, uh, wide open catch and shoot threes that he missed uh, Conley was 0-6 Joe was just 1-4 of four. Boyan was just 1-5 of five. so once those start going down and they'll absolutely start to go down you'll see those assist numbers kick up for the Jazz and n- nice to see the team win a game despite the fact that they're still trying to figure out how to pass the ball to each other and we'll get to a point I, I think Jake by late November we're going to start seeing some 30 assist games from the from the Jazz and that's a that's a number you're just not going to lose when you have it to your point the Jazz missed 50 shots tonight yeah they were 40 of 90, missed 50 shots. So, yeah, there were some assists that, that rattled out. All right, 195 is your final. Final. We'll continue to break this one down on the other side. It's your Jazz Game Night postgame show. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson, right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Game night post game show. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson of KSL Sports. The Jazz beat the Oklahoma City Thunder 100 to 95. And thanks to Stephen Adams, Ben, and missing, uh, well, a bunch of foul shots. Four in a row. In the fourth quarter. Uh, free Chick-fil-A during the fourth quarter. Anytime a player from the opposing team misses two consecutive free throws, the entire state of Utah wins a free original Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. Uh, offer redeemable only through the Chick-fil-A app. You must have uh, the location services turned on in the app in order to claim your sandwich. When activated, you must claim the offer in the Chick-fil-A app within 48 hours and have five business days to redeem it. This offer is no longer connected to tickets or attendance at the game limit one entry per user so uh go get your your free chicken wait you don't even have to go to the game anymore to get the free chicken no you just need the app man that's the best deal in america heck yeah you can listen to us and then go get your free chicken you don't even have to come down easy as that how that's does this chick-fil-a good. stay in business you know 
Right. They're giving away all this food. People keep missing free throws. Seriously. Uh, Let's take a look at your Master of the Glass tonight, brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, a local vehicle glass expert. Uh, They're back for another great year of basketball and proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program at the end of the regular season. Safe Light will donate $5 for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader with all proceeds benefiting the neighborhood house. And, of course, get used to this, Ben, because we're going to be saying it a lot. Rudy Gobert, your master of the glass tonight. He had 14 boards, 12 of which came in uh, in the first half. So Rudy is your master of the glass. However, Donovan yeah. Mitchell, 12 rebounds tonight, career high. This should be like a handy. There should be a handicap cap on rebounds when we do this. Like, however many you are above your average is who we give this award Ooh, to. I like that because what Donovan Mitchell gives you four a game, and he had twelve tonight. He had a career high and and some big possessions, including yep. well, he probably had six offensive rebounds, and I think because he had three of them on one on one outing. So five offensive five. rebounds. Yeah, tonight. so he had, and he had three of them on one trip down the floor and ended up getting a bucket. So th- those are the type of hustle stats. Donovan, I've been saying it a lot, Jake, and you and I have talked about it, and, and of course the big national conversation around Donovan Mitchell and Locke and, and Boone talked about it as well, was this idea that, that there was a sophomore slump for Donovan. And yes, he started the season slow last year, but you don't need to wait for him to take this all-star leap. I mean, he, he has, he's taken the leap. The leap has happened in the second half of last yep. year. It clearly continued to the preseason. He just wasn't getting the minutes, and then you see it in game one. I mean, he just absolutely took over the game. He was by far the best player on the floor, and that's a lot of good players out there between these two teams. He was by far the best player on the floor, and when the Jazz needed highlight plays, when they needed energy, when they needed the smart play, when they needed the big rebound, he did it. All right, speaking of Donovan... Back to the locker room we go. Donovan Mitchell standing by with Tony Parks. Uh, uh, pull out a little bit at the end. Yeah, I think, you know, we, we, we did a lot of good things on the defensive end. Um, offensively, got a little bit a little stagnant. You know, they hit some shots. Um, <clears throat> just want to give a shout-out to Shea Alexander. You know, he's improved this game. You know, he's 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 going to be tough. You know, I think a lot of people are sleeping on him. But, you know, he, he got off. You know, I think that he really kept him in it at times. You know, I think that was that was huge. But, you know, for us to persevere and, and, and push back was, was huge. Let's take us through your fourth quarter. How are you feeling? Um, just attack. You know, I think, like I said, like I've always been saying, you know, when you have teammates that trust you, coaches that trust you with the ball, it really makes it easy to come, keep going and, you know, making the right plays, you know, whether it's getting to the rim or finding Royce on the three, just making the right play. And I think that's one thing I've really put a lot of emphasis on is keeping it simple and not really doing too much. There's a lot of talk about clutch plays that tie the game or take the lead, but just how valuable is it to have clutch plays that, you know, get that two-possession lead late and things like that? You know, one of the most clutch plays of the game was Joe's box out when I got the rebound um, on the air ball. You know, on Steven Adams, I think those those plays that go on, like really go unnoticed to, to the common fan really stick out. You know, we don't get that rebound. Uh, who knows what may happen? You know, I think... Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. The time we ran the transition, even though Boyan missed it, I set a screen like E finding him. Um, Royce hitting a big three. You know, I think those are the plays that I think um, it's easy to say, oh, the shot at the end or the free throws. But you know, the shots like that to put you up for, to put in the position where they have to call a timeout and then make a play and drop a play and being able to get stops, I think was huge. What were the details that went into those clutch defensive possessions that helped? Uh, I think locking into the game plan. You know, it did a good job of it. You know, obviously Adams a big time on the boards. I think Adams is uh, one of the best offensive rebounders in the game. But you know, we all gained rebound. Help big fella out down there and just tried our best to, to will our way to that win. It's only the first game of the season. You got 81 more to go. However, like this, now we look to the next game. So, how do you kind of use whatever you learn tonight to get to uh, your next um, I think, game? you know, the biggest thing for us is just continuing to, to push. You know, this wasn't 
a perfect defensive game, but this was way better than what we did in the preseason, you know, so now we got to take it to another level. I think another level, no, excuse me, another level, but for longer, you know, I think that's going to be the biggest thing, and when you have a guy like AD and guys like AD and Braun over there, it's going to test our defense. we got to be able to stay locked in and continue to build from it. You expect that out of Mike, a guy who ends up 1-16 or whatever it was, but still finding ways to contribute and be a productive player. I, I, I tell you about it, I, we talked about it earlier, like, you know, we haven't been our best offensively one time, you know, in the, what, five games, six games we played we see it in practice all the time so when it does it's going to be scary now he's got to you know I think our defense will this and where we go six of 24 from the three-point line I think that's and we, we still one by five that puts a lot of pressure on our defense and we stepped up you know step when we have eats it helps when you have him down there changing altering shots but we all stepped up it looked way different than we did in the preseason and Mike's not Mike's not going to keep doing it like you know like we we're not we're not worried about that I don't think he's worried about it he made two the two free throws the clutch free throws at the end and when like I said when we all start clicking it's going to take some time but you know this is only one game, and I've had games like that, plenty of them. So I don't think he's he's too worried about it. The Landers lost the first game, so you got to go in there, try to. They're not going to try to lose two in a row. Is there a certain kind of mindset you have to have to make it to? We got to just focus on us. You know, whether they won or lost, we can't go in there and say, "Oh, they're going to be extra excited." You know, it's their home opener. You know, it's it's LA. You know, they're going to be geeked up for it. But we got to just stay locked in and do what we do and pick up our defense and everything else will, will be fine. You feel like the, oh, go ahead. End of the first half, you uh, the, kind of the play on the dunk. Uh, you you have the ball with 16 seconds left. They pre-switch. What are you seeing on that play? That. Um, I don't like going back to my own highlights, but you know the play with Luca. I'll give you an explanation. Remember the play with Luca last year? I drove by him in the Mavericks and dunked it. It's it's really like kind of similar like that. You know, just being able to find a mismatch and just attack. You know, and it helps when you have him down there because now the big has to decide. You know, does he come up and help? Does he stay with Rudy? And that's that indecision. So for me, it's just about seeing that. You know, and then slowing, like I said, slowing the game down and just being able to process that. You know, last year I don't think I would have saw that as early. I think I, this year I'm starting to find things like that and find the spacing. When you end up on the floor the way you were in that situation where you need you know, big plays at the end of the games, you still see, feel the sense that there's more space for you to work with now? And, like, and then uh, not to be critical of previous, I'm just no, saying yeah, now on the right. floor. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny. You know, I think you know, it makes the reads a little bit easier. You know? and like you said, not to be critical of guys over here. I love those guys. You know, and they play hard, but it's just Boyan shot, what, 37% from three, and Mike shot about 36, you know, and then you have Royce, who's consistently building his percentage, and you have Joe out there, and then the Rudy threat, so it, it makes it makes my life easier, making the right play, making the right decision, you know, as far as supposedly trying to force things. Now, you feel like this team has that right, perfect mixture of poise, patience, and urgency yes. all mixed together. We have guys, the right amount of guys that are back from last year, and understand we got to a slow start last year, you know, understand that we need to, or we need defense to win. We also have guys that are coming in here and saying we understand the routine um, of just being in the league, and how to, and how to persevere through win and through games like this and then get wins. Guys, that's Donovan Mitchell. Let's go back to you. Thank you very much, Tony. Donovan Mitchell was uh, was fantastic tonight, 32 points and 12 rebounds. And uh, just to continue some thoughts that uh, we were having before we went down to Donovan there, Ben, coming into last year, he, you know, uh, and I'm sure you talked to folks who who uh, told you about Donovan's offseason last year. He didn't do anything. Yep. He, he was getting healthy. He yeah. didn't work on his game. He right. wasn't allowed to jump. He wasn't. I mean, he was basically told, right. 
you know, sit on your couch and, and get better. And this year, well, let me, let me put it this way. Through that first half of last year, we didn't see the highlight reel plays. Nope. We didn't see any of them. We didn't see the dunks. We didn't see those sorts of things. We saw how many of those tonight alone right. from Donovan. Having an offseason where he was healthy and able to work on his game, play in the World Cup, and and come into uh, come into this season basically running, I think is going to make a huge, huge difference for him. And one of the things you heard Donovan talk about there, and you're exactly right, but was that having Mike Conley next to him and having Boyan Bogdanovich and, and how well those guys will shoot, and again, they, they weren't great tonight. Certainly Mike Conley's 1 of 16 performance was an aberration. But the Jazz built this team specifically to get the most that they could out of Donovan Mitchell, and that's what you do with superstars. And I think I think that's exactly the right I think that's exactly what we saw tonight. Was Donovan was great, and it was pretty easy for him to be great. Now that's because he's so good, but because the Jazz have built a roster to highlight what he does so well, which is give him space to attack the rim. Which last year in the Houston series, the Houston series, the year before that, it just was not there for him. And right. the Jazz have fixed that problem. I love one of those games uh, when you say, "Oh, look, Donovan's—he's playing pretty well. Boy, he's had a little bit of a streak." And then you look down at his box score, and he's got thirty. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those quiet things where you don't notice almost how well. Uh, how well he's playing, and you look down and you go, wow. I mean, how many – he had several games like this last year because he was great in the second half of the season. But the, I guess it's a big deal in my mind that he's starting the season with a performance like this. I mean, efficiency is a big thing when talking about Donovan. He needs to be more efficient. And, and all of that all of that was just fine tonight. He was absolutely terrific. I thought he took one bad shot tonight. And it was just kind of – he had it going. It was a heat check three. He just kind of pulled up, and it really wasn't within the offense. That's amazing. And, and what, 22 shots he ended up attempting tonight? I thought there was one that you thought, okay, he probably could have looked for a better shot there. But you're okay with that. I mean, you're okay with Donovan Mitchell testing the limits a little bit because he can do things that not every player on the floor can do. So you're absolutely okay with him taking that shot. And there was only one tonight that I saw that felt, hey, that was a little bit rushed. I think that's a a terrific observation by you because his rookie year, what was the big knock of Donovan Mitchell coming in is that he he didn't have that. He he took a lot of bad shots. He He didn't have the awareness. A couple of two of 20 performances or some four of 23 performances. We've seen that. He was just great tonight and wasn't looking for bad shots. But I think that's so important. Only one bad shot. And by the way, Donovan, if you got it rolling, take a bad shot, knock yourself right out. Right, uh, you, you know, <laughs> one bad shot. That's but but from that that to me is evidence that that Donovan and we we already know this stuff. But he's so coachable, and he'll listen to what Quinn Snyder says, and he'll work on what Quinn Snyder and the coaching staff give him to work on. And and I think that's a really important thing that you know. And, and there was a lot of games in the past few years where a bad Donovan shot was better than a good shot from a lot of other players on the team. Oh, that was true most of last year so if he can edit those out and that was the question was we we know he we know there's shots you need to edit out would he know which ones to take out of his game and he did it in game one and that's extremely promising because if he continues to do that and takes away six of those bad shots and says you know what if i pass this ball now i'll get a better shot later in this clock because bogdanovich will give me the ball back or because mike conley will find a better look that's just going to make this jazz offense click and again as donovan said the jazz have not had a good offense yet this season. They just have not clicked and found their rhythm, and it's nice to be able to go back to that trusty well that's Rudy Gobert defensively to get stops, and the Jazz were able to do it.
And I think it gives some fans out there relief who certainly were concerned about the defense. I, I was concerned about the defense in the in the preseason. And again, it's it's another lesson for us all. Uh, just forget about the preseason when it's how you know. There's certainly not much that you can read into it because and in, in you made this uh, observation right at the beginning of the show. This was the way that the the Jazz won most of their games last year in in this just this fashion. And you got to think if if Rudy, you know, if he goes up to his averages, if he's up around 15 points, and Mike Conley's up around 17, 18, 19 in an efficient fashion. I mean, the Jazz win this game by 20. So I, I actually think it's a good sign you had a couple of your players struggle offensively and you still won over a not great Oklahoma City team, but a pesky Oklahoma City team. Not a, not a team void of talent by any means. I think it's important to mark down these games that, that are as amazing as what Donovan Mitchell did to, tonight. And because it's somewhat commonplace or because he does the, the terrific or the fantastic so often it's easy to just overlook him but he had I'm looking at games I sorted this out on basketball reference jazz games of 30 or more points 12 or more rebounds shooting 60% or better the last guy who did it was Rudy Gobert he did it in 2017 the last guy who did it before him was Al Jefferson in 2013 I mean, wow the, the performance tonight from Donovan was really really good and and rarefied air for, for jazz players. I mean, that's it's happened once in the last six years until tonight. I mean, it just doesn't happen, and he's the type of player who's going to have more of these this year. What a way to start the season, no doubt about it. All right, 100-95 is your final. Coming up right around the corner, we'll get to you uh, your three-point takeover. We'll also give you a little preview of what uh, Ben Anderson has up at KSL Sports tonight, writing about the game. That's all straight ahead right here on your Jazz Game Night postgame show on The Zone Radio Network. Watch Royce O'Neal on the other side. He's got Ingles in one corner, Conley in the left corner. Donovan drives, attacks Adams, rises, fires, hits. Oh, Donovan Mitchell, don't do me like that. The Jazz victorious tonight in game number one of the regular season, 100-95. They win over the Oklahoma City Thunder. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson with you of KSL Sports. We'll get a little preview of what uh, Ben's been working on coming up here momentarily, but let's take a look at your three-point takeover sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. Tonight from three, uh, the Jazz did not have a lot of attempts, and they did not make a lot of threes. They were six of 24 tonight. 25%. Uh, they were led by Royce O'Neal, who was uh, two of two, and everybody else, Ben, just made one. Bo- uh, Boyan Bogdanovich was one of five. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, one of three. Joe Ingles, one of four. Jeff Green, one of three tonight. Uh, on the other side, it's not like um, uh, Oklahoma Sh- City shot it that much better. They were 10 of 27 for 37% from three. Uh, Shea Gelgis Alexander was absolutely fabulous for the first two and a half quarters and had a career high 25 points with about six minutes to go in the third and then didn't score until the free throw he meant to miss with two <laughs> seconds left in the game so the jazz locked in and, and shut him down but he was really hot there with chris paul uh, in the second third quarter they combined to go seven of 14 from the three-point line and that kept the thunder in the game actually was was a big reason why they were able to build that lead 
going into the fourth, but the, the Jazz tightened up and, and stopped them from going and uh, finding those shots later in the game. And the Jazz, as the season goes on, will we'll find those shots. But Royce O'Neal was huge tonight. If he can do that, that gives the Jazz so much flexibility. Yep. If he can come in, and we found out earlier in the week he's only 6'4". Yeah. But if he can come in and play big, that's one thing when Donovan Mitchell uh, at practice the other day was teasing him about the whole 6'4 thing. You were there, uh, Ben, and then he kind of, after the teasing was done, he said, but he plays really big. Yep. And if he can play big, make open threes, be active, he's going to have to, his rebounding is going to have to to go up this year. But if, if he can do that, I mean, what a luxury to be able to bring Joe Ingles and Jeff Green in off the bench. He's not the fifth most talented player on the Jazz roster. Royce O'Neal isn't. He's not the most talented player at his position. And that's not why the Jazz are starting him. The Jazz are starting him because if he's your fifth best offensive player in that rotation that has Conley, Mitchell, Gobert, and Bogdanovich, he gets wide open shots. And if he hits wide open shots, and again, he was six of six tonight, he's not going to be 100% throughout the season. No. But if he's half that good and hits 50% of his shots and shoots 40% from the three-point line, he's an assassin. I mean, he's an absolute killer for the Jazz, especially with what he gives you defensively and the effort that is contagious. That's just a great find by the Jazz, and that's why he's in the starting lineup. Well, and they're going to really need him when they're going up against teams with dominant wing players. I was talking to Gordon today. We were talking about the Laker game from last night, uh, the Laker and Clipper game where they have Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James going head-to-head in these just dynamic freaks of nature, physically wing players that are all over the Western Conference, you know, who are the Jazz going to be able to um, to throw out there for the majority of the minutes on players like Kawhi and players like LeBron? And the answer is is Royce O'Neal. But the but the thing is is that he he needs to be effective enough on the offensive side where he's not a liability, and he's far from that now. And not to bring Dante Exum back up again in a game that that uh, he didn't play in, but I think I feel like Dante could do something similarly if his offensive game came along with his defense. You could put him out there on those athletic wings yep. but you you have to be able to be a factor offensively so they they the other team can't ignore you it's such a, a, a critical thing in all this space that we're talking about and if Royce plays like that uh, you're you're entirely right he's uh, assassin is a great word for it uh, he, he's just a guy that jazz if they can get steady contributions from because again the fifth best player on the offense in the starting lineup doesn't have to be amazing I mean, he doesn't have to give you 15 yeah. points he needs to give you eight points but if he can give you eight points on four shots five shots get to the free throw line a couple of times and, and do something that the jazz don't do a ton of and that's get out in transition he's got a ton of value and i think that's where the jazz are going to have value and it'll be interesting to see how the jazz work exum back into this lineup i think there was some thought that it was either moutier or Exum, and I think what we've seen through the first, you know, part of, of Moutier's career here in Utah, including the preseason, it's been more promising than I think a lot of people expected. Certainly, it's been more efficient than I expected to see. Maybe that makes life easier for Exum and gives Exum a real spot to come That's in good point. where he doesn't have to do all those things that Moutier clearly has an ability to do, which is get guys involved, pass the ball, bring the ball up the floor, and, and kind of run the offense. That'll just allow uh, Exum to be a basketball player, which is what the Jazz asked of him at media day, and and, and let him just run up and down the floor and, and wreak havoc and, and get some easy baskets. Predictably, uh, from what happened earlier in this segment, I already got a tweet from Anthony with the South Park character from City Walk. There so are, that's, uh, that, that's, that's a that's... tough... <laughs> Shea Gilgis Alexander Oklahoma City shooting is a that's a tongue twister. 
it nearly got me. Uh, it, it nearly got me. So thank you for noticing that, Anthony. I, I really appreciate it. All right, Ben, give us a little preview what you're you're working on for KSL Sports, uh, writing about the game tonight. Uh, I, I wrote the uh, book and defense for the Utah Jazz. Looked really good. Great first quarter, just 12 points. Fourth quarter, they gave up just 21 points. A little rough there, the, the second and third quarters where the Jazz gave up 34 and 28 points. But uh, you can get a 12-point quarter and a 21-point quarter. You're going to win every game if you can hold a team to just 33 points through a, a, an entire half if you combine those two. So uh, just how this Jazz defense looked so much better tonight than it did in the preseason. Ben is writing about all these games at kslsports.com. So please uh, give Ben a read uh, as well as a listen right here on pre-half and uh, post-game coverage as the Jazz win their opener tonight over the Thunder 100-95. to All right, Ben, let's, uh, let's get a few kind of final thoughts uh, on this one before we put it to bed and look forward to the Lakers. Uh, nice to be able to get a win when your starting point guard goes one of 16. And that's a testament to Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. And that's something we had said, Jake. You're going to have to rely on your stars early in the season until it clicks in. And the Jazz did that, and it worked. And that's a really good sign. If you can beat bad teams in the NBA, and let's put the Thunder in that lower half of the NBA, you can stay at 500 throughout the year. And then once it clicks in and you start beating those better teams, you take off and you get a high playoff seed. What did uh, did you get a chance to catch the Clippers Lakers last night, Ben? You mentioned you watched some uh, some NBA initial takeaways from the Lakers. It's going to take them a minute. They need a guard. Kyle Kuzma is really going to help them. I actually think they need another shot creator, and Kyle Kuzma, for for some of his inefficient uh, issues, is actually going to really benefit from from having LeBron and having Anthony Davis. So they're going to need him. It's hard to say somebody needs Rajon Rondo, but they might need Rajon Rondo. They just do not have any creation off the dribble right now, and that's where I think the Jazz actually have a really good chance on Friday night to go into Los Angeles and get a win. They just are... They make a lot of mistakes, and the Jazz are the type of team with Quinn Snyder that if you make mistakes, they are just going to kill you. I mean, they're just going to pick you apart because they're going to find those mistakes like they did tonight with Steven Adams not being able to go up against Gobert, like they did with Gallinari not being able to, to, to defend this team. And the Jazz just said, we're going to go to it every single trip down the floor, and until you can stop it, we're going to keep running it. And the Jazz will do that same thing, I think, uh, on Friday night against the Lakers, and that's going to be fun. And the Clippers are very good. The oh, Clippers. they're really good. And they still get to add Paul George. Yeah, they're so, going to be awesome. Jazz are lucky they get to miss this uh, Clippers team with Paul George twice early in the season. But that Clippers team is the real deal. I was uh, I was surprised that Lakers GM Rich Paul brought uh, Rajon Rondo back. It got... There was some thin, some thin pickings there late, late, in, uh, late in free agency, where you just didn't know where the good guard play was going to come, and the Jazz may have, uh, Jazz may have found a steal in Emmanuel Mudiay. I just wanted to get a laugh from my Rich Paul joke, and I just failed. It's, I'm know, sorry. It's all right. It's fine. It's been a, it's been a long day. It's did okay. you see his awkward handshake? No, yesterday I did not. So Paul George walks over with Tyron Lue. Tyron Lue's now, is he an assistant coach with the Clippers? He must Maybe. be. He must be. Yep. They walk over and say hi to Rich Paul. Rich Paul, of course, is the agent from Clutch Sports, which is LeBron's agent and facilitated the Anthony Davis trade. And Paul George dabs him up and, and says hi. And Rich Paul reaches out to shake Tyron Lue's hand. And Tyron Lue just stares at him like, why would I shake your hand? Wow, really? Like, You're probably one of the reasons why I lost my job in Cleveland. I mean, absolutely. Probably the reason, and then yeah. <laughs> maybe the issue why he didn't get the Lakers head coaching job. Right. I mean, he just stares at him. It is awkward. And uh, basically, remember when Allen Iverson stepped over Tyron Lue? Uh-huh. He basically stepped over Rich Paul and got some of that cred back. Good so good for, for him. Yeah, good for Lou. Good for Ty Lue. Way to go. All right, our next uh, broadcast coming your way on Friday night. The Jazz will take on the Lakers. That game is an ESPN game. It will tip off at 8.30, meaning pregame coverage here on the Jazz Radio Network starts at 7.30. We want 
want to say a big thanks uh, to David Locke and Ron Boone doing a wonderful job as usual. Thanks to all the broadcast assistants putting in work tonight. Thanks to Adrian Leiser, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Thanks to you, Ben Anderson. It was fun. Jake, you're the man. Adrian's fantastic. Oh, Adrian kills it. A good thanks. producer is invaluable. And we're gonna have we're gonna have a lot of fun this year. I can't wait. Yeah, there's gonna be a Those lot of fun on this podcast. Nights, they get real fun. It, it it gets a little punchy at the end, but yeah, yeah we 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 get through it. We yeah. try to say Oklahoma City very city. Yeah, we we I'll work on that for the next time OKC is in town. Maybe I should just go with that, Ben. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's a little go with easier. the initials. Yeah, maybe I should do that. All right, we will talk to you on Friday. Your final tonight. The Jazz beat the Thunder one hundred to ninety five, and you heard it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.